What's going on, everybody? This is Riley McShane from Allegiant, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcasts. Hey, there, there we go. All right. Hey, man, there. it is good to see you again. Yeah, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Hey, before right. we even get started, a year and a half later, we still revisit the, your episode from way back. You gave us singing <laughs> lessons, and then you introduced us to urethral sounding, which I think we try and bring up in every fucking podcast. <laughs> uh. How could I forget? How could I forget? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, hold, hold on just one second. Yeah, guys. no I'm worries. Gonna, I'm going to pop into my car real quick. So I might uh, switch from Wi-Fi to. Uh, uh, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm technically on a job right now, but I couldn't oh. get uh, anybody else in the band to take over for this one, unfortunately. So. You guys have to deal with me being on a phone. Uh, That's cool. I appreciate yeah. you taking the time anyway. Yeah, no worries, guys. All right. Are you, out, are you still out in San Diego? Could be worse. Could be somewhere where actually snows and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in Richmond, and it's, uh, here it's like 22 this morning, so I'm jealous. So I'll, I'm going to go ahead and start this, and as if I couldn't be a bigger fan of the band, you guys drop damn them. and. Holy shit, this is a monster record. Thanks, man. It's a monster record. And I mean, Chris is going to talk to you about some details in a little bit. But my favorite, favorite song is, hold on, I'm going to have to pull it up because I just lost it. Um, called Back, is that it? Uh, called Home, yeah. That is crazy. Thanks, everything, man. Everything about that song and, I mean, your voice, your... But how hard of a song was that to write? Because that seems like it came from, I mean, that came from your core, right? Yeah, so that song, Greg and I uh, co-wrote the lyrics together. And then uh, the band, uh, myself included, all kind of contributed musically to it as well. Um, it, I think the musical part that I wrote was like a lot of the piano stuff. Right. Uh, and like the, the the progression of of the chords in that middle section, that bah, bah, nah, 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 uh, that whole whole thing. Um, but Greg and I co-wrote the lyrics to that song together because uh, we both lost people uh, that were very close to us uh, to suicide over the past couple years. Um, oh, sorry, almost man. like one right after the other, uh, and so we were both experiencing you know, the, the, the pain of that loss kind of at the same time. And, uh, you know, being musicians, you know, that's, that's just kind of how we cope. It's how we process those emotions. So we, uh, we wrote that song together and, uh, I think that it, it definitely resonates with people, uh, even if they're unsure of like the source material, you know what I mean? Like it, it just has that element about it, uh, where you can tell that it's a very like emotionally invested song. Yeah. Uh, you know, it presents a new dynamic that we never really had musically before. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that because of those reasons and few others, uh, it's a song that really hits. Well, yeah, because I'm like I said, I've listened to it a few times and that's the one that I keep going back to. And I don't know any of the stories that you just told me, but it's still 
it connects and it's yeah I, I i don't know i guess you never really thought i mean most people don't think that extreme metal and extreme music can connect like that but fuck that song connects yeah yeah that song was definitely written to uh written to hit for sure so i'm, I'm glad that its intended purpose is coming across you know oh, yeah. I mean? success uh, yeah yeah that's awesome to hear man chris well, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear about that. That that's a hard thing to go through losing someone like that. That's yeah. not uh, it's not easy, and especially because sometimes you don't feel like you can have closure, and and there's all kinds of other things that go along with with someone choosing uh, or someone being ill enough to to take their life. I yeah, even, yeah. I won't and even it, say choosing because I don't necessarily think they choose to do that. You know. But, yeah, yeah. More often than not, it's a uh... It's just like the the snowball gets too big, you know what I mean? Like it's just one thing after the other after the other, and then it just kind of culminates to that point. Um, and yeah, and you know, you're right. There's there's a lot of stuff in the aftermath, right? There's always, you know, in in the, that song starts with the lyrics, uh, you know, in in the web you left behind type of thing, because there's always so many so many things that come to light after the fact, you know what I mean? And not only with their lives and their struggles and their processes and, you know, everything that led up to that point, but also like the, the gamut of emotions that you experience as one of the people that is left in the wake of something like that. And I think that that's really where that song shines is that it's like, you know, the sadness is there, the anger is there, the grief is there. Like the, the dynamic of the song was really made with the intention to try to exhibit all of those different things. Um, so yeah you know it's it was a shitty thing to experience and you know uh, those people are still thought about every day uh but i'm glad that you know i'm in a position to have that outlet uh with the legion to be able to kind of channel those emotions and, and hopefully you know give someone who might be thinking about you know taking their own life or someone who recently experienced the loss of life in that way of a loved one to you know have something to uh to to maybe guide them along the way how cathartic is that for you um you know i I didn't really realize how cathartic it was going to be until i was recording um it was one of those songs where it was like while i was writing it i was still so in the moment you know what i mean like i was still like all those feelings were still so present um and the time between writing and recording uh, was pretty significant, you know, better part of a year. So I had, for the most part, kind of like, like thought that I had like done my healing and done my processing. And it wasn't until I was like in the studio actually recording the parts that I just started like coming apart at the seams, man, like just losing it. Um, you know, and we, we all felt it. Like it was one of those things where like <laughs> our, our recording engineer, during uh that middle section when i was like kind of you know giving the the vocal delivery on that part he was like hey man like do you do you need to take a break and i was like yeah dude like let's 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 take five and i walk out of the vocal booth and the first thing he does is just like fucking hugs me with tears in his eyes he's just like fuck dude this song is fucking rough man and i was just like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome you know, it was it was very cathartic. You know, it had a, it had a big emotional impact on on everyone involved. Um, but uh, 
you know, I, I'm just glad that it's out there now. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm glad that it's it's there for other people. That's awesome. So I, on a different note, on a totally different note, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> to take a left turn here, here um, yeah. I, I was listening to um, A Beast and Worms, and first and foremost, holy shit, did that kick my ass. Like, <laughs> fuck me right in the nuts like right between the nuts and it made its own hole straight up but um the vocal production on that song in particular is probably some of the best metal vocal production that i've really ever heard to be honest fuck you, thanks man you go through like all of the voices that you got you got the guttural you got the pitch scream you have the straight screen or the straight singing um but just the way it was layered like you'll have this like mono or slightly doubled vocal and then it will split into stereo with the third up the middle and like there's all of these subtleties going in to how that vocal was was produced how much of that were you involved with and and who was the producer who who did all this stuff yeah so uh dave otero at flatline audio um wow is the is the producer he's the guy who did all all the all the magic um as far as like how parts were written and how it was all like kind of decided on um that is I i'm gonna say like like 85 90 percent me and then the other remaining uh percentage is dave because dave always contributes creatively to the recording process like if he hears something in his head that he wants to try out like he has zero hesitations about being like yo let's try this thing let's see if it sounds cool um so you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, like, I think that, you know, some of the, like, I knew that I wanted to have a harmony, for example, right? Yeah. Uh, during, like, the back half of the chorus. Um, and I had written the harmony, and then Dave kind of came in and, like, tweaked it a little bit to just make it sound, like, exactly how it should. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a lot of Dave. I mean, there's there's parts on that song that, like, I kind of wrote on accident like i remember when i was writing the intro uh when i'm when i'm writing usually all kind of just like like mouth patterns to myself before i start like getting into the lyrical content because i want to have some something of a framework right when i'm working on lyrics so that i can create cadence and and have the lyrics read well so it's not just like you know random uh like random placement of, of lyrical content um and when I was doing that, I was like, okay, like, you know, just kind of like mumbling to myself, going over the intro. And then as I was doing that, I was like, oh shit, like this, this intro part might sound cool in like a, like a bass baritone type of, uh, uh, timbre. Well, that, and that's uh, where like, oh, go ahead. I, that, that's one of the things that stuck out to me right away. I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I fucking like it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of experimentation on this album overall, but that song particularly, I think really, because I had written my parts for that song pretty early on. I think it was like the second or third song that I had written for. And uh, it it gave me a lot more confidence in just being like, you know, sometimes ideas just like come to you. And instead of shooting them down or being like, oh, this doesn't fit the mold, just fucking go for it and see if it works. You know, and in this case, it did. Sometimes it doesn't, but like you never know until you try. Yeah, one thing that always blows me away about about your band, but you in particular, 
is the the level of control that you have over every part of your voice. Like Thanks, like it's it almost seems kind of um, superhuman, you know. <laughs> Because uh, I, I no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being facetious here, but like, you have you and you you have it live too, which is what makes it more believable to me. Otherwise, I would think there's no way that this is happening. That he's going from like yeah. this, from all these different kind of characters and abilities. Um, how much time do you put in practicing? You know, just. I just want to know from a curiosity uh, point of I, view. I sing. Yeah, I sing for about an hour every day. Yeah. Um, and whether or not, and whether or not it's like death metal vocals or cleans or you know, like I, I listen to a lot of different music, and usually what I do when I'm singing, uh, you know, throughout the day is I'll just kind of like sing along to whatever I'm listening to. Uh, occasionally I'll like run through actual like proper warmups and stuff, but that's usually not unless I have like a, a vocal performance coming up. Yeah. Um, like when I'm like when I'm on tour, for example, if I, if I know I'm going to have a 45 minute set, I'll spend like 20 minutes doing warmups, like right before I go on stage. So my voice is warm. Um, but then I usually won't sing much throughout the day because you know it's it's like working out you know what i mean like you don't want to hit the gym for four hours every day because your (laughs) fucking muscles will explode uh yeah so it's it's the same kind of thing with your voice it's like i don't want to uh sing for more than like an hour hour and a half maybe two hours a day because i don't want to like damage my voice i don't want to start experiencing vocal fatigue uh all that kind of stuff so um yeah, but as far as, like, the styles that I practice or, like, if I have a practice regimen or something like that, it's honestly usually just, like, kind of off the cuff. Like, I'll just start singing something while I'm driving around or, uh, you know, kind of, you know, be like, oh, shit, like, I haven't really warmed up today and go through my warm-ups. But I definitely sing uh, every day for at least, you know, 45 to 60 minutes. Nice. How does that translate into the recording process then? So... And this is something that that I, I already know, but I need to ask so p- people can hear it back from someone way more famous and way better than I am. <laughs> How do you translate that into the recording process, right? Because you'll often meet a lot of uh, novice singers that they just want to sing all day through the whole recording process. And that's always a terrible idea. Right. So how do you navigate that? Um. Well, I go in warm that always helps because I I'd say that my voice, my voice has about an eight hour lifespan per day. Right. Um, and that's with timed breaks and, you know, proper warmups before I go into it. So what I'll do is I'll spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes before I go into the studio, uh, warming up, just like singing stuff, getting my voice, you know, running stuff, from either end of my register and getting uh, uh, comfortable pretty much wherever so that I can jump right into those parts in the studio. Um, Also knowing what I'm going to record that day because everything is done in a segmented way. Right. So like, I'm not, I'm not recording the song straight through. Like you hear them, right. Like I'll do, you know, 
a whole day or a whole couple days of like just my low growls and just like go through the whole album and get all of those taken care of so that my voice can like settle into that space. And then once we're done with all those, I'll spend a, you know, a a day, half a day doing all my highs and stuff like that. And just kind of going through like that. So knowing what I'm going to record, uh, the day I'm going to record it is also very helpful for, um, you know, knowing how I'm going to warm up as far as lasting throughout the day. Uh, it's just all about time breaks and like knowing how to treat your voice. Um, you know, knowing that improper form and like not, uh, you know, not singing from like, like knowing your vocal anatomy basically is also important. So knowing how to use your voice, knowing how to treat your voice and then knowing what you're recording the day you're recording it are all things that I take into consideration when I know that I'm going to be having like an eight hour session uh, for a week straight. You know what I mean? Like seven, eight days in a row of just doing eight hours of vocal production. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and of course the time leading up to those days is also important. Like n- making sure that my voice is in tip top shape, for months ahead of time before I go into the studio instead of just being like, Oh, I'm not recording or touring. I can just kind of, you know, let, let my voice kind of slide and, uh, and then, you know, get, end up in the studio and be like, Oh, I sound like shit. Like that's never something you want to do. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And when you say time breaks, like, do you, how do you judge your break? Like, do you say, okay, I'm only going to sing for 30 minutes, then I'll take a break? Or do you say, okay, I'm going to wait until I'm, I feel my voice getting warm? How do you how um, do you go about that? So when I say timed breaks, I mean uh, timing the actual break. So I'll, like, I'll set a timer on my phone to 5, 10, or 15 minutes, depending on what part of my voice I'm using and how long I need to like recover. So like if I'm doing low growls, and I start to experience a little bit of vocal fatigue, I'll just take like a five minute break, you know, drink some room temperature water, uh, not talk at all. That's what taking a break is, is it's, it's not just not screaming. It's like, but yeah, that's, that's what I mean is like taking, taking a break means like completely stopping using your voice. So no talking, no singing, just like drinking water, you know, taking a time to break, making sure that you're giving your voice ample time to rest. It's imagine it like, uh, you know, I, I use exercise allegories and metaphors a lot when explaining this because it's something that most people can understand. But it's like you don't you don't lift weights for eight eight sets straight, right? You do like if you're doing four sets, you do you know eight reps and then you rest for two minutes, and then you do eight reps and then you rest for two minutes. It's like that. Um, so everything is very timed because you don't want your voice to cool down. Like I don't want to take like a thirty minute break. Uh, but at the same time, I, uh, you know, don't want to give my voice not enough rest. So I'll take like, like I said, like five, 10, 15 minutes, depending on what part of my voice I'm using. Um, and just give it that adequate recovery time in between, uh, you know, takes or songs or whatever. Cool. I'm sorry to ask such a technical question. It's just, I really look up to the way that you can perform. So, and I think it's also good for people to listen I think it's great for others to listen because uh, it's important. I, I record vocalists all the time and they'll just, they'll try to push themselves until it can't be done anymore. 
And it, sometimes, yeah. even when I say, okay, you have to stop now, give yourself recovery time, they'll be like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And they'll, they'll try to push through, and you always end up getting way less work done. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's, you have to know your body, man. Like, and that's a huge part of like why it's so important to rehearse before you get into the studio. Like you need to know what your limits are and you need to know, you know, how, okay, how long can I sing before I need to take a break? Like how well do I know these songs so that I can, you know, accomplish what I need to accomplish in the allotted time that I have in the studio. Um, because, you know, I, I recognize that being in a legion, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position where, like, we have label support and, like, I get to spend a whole week, week and a half, two weeks in the studio with eight-hour days just, you know, fucking making shit perfect, right? Right. Um, but a lot of people, like, they, you know, they, they, they're self-supported. They only have time to budget, like, one or two days in the studio. And I understand, like, the, the desire to have that urgency to be like, no, like, we have to get all this shit done, like, this weekend, it's got to happen. But, you know, if, if, if you try to do something like that, you need to spend the time leading up to that weekend really understanding and learn, like, learning and understanding your body and your limits and how your vocals uh, are going to be affected by either recognizing or not recognizing those things. Yeah. I also think it, it's a good idea just to add on to that, to work with a producer that, that understands if you know that. Because yeah. if, if the producer knows you don't, they can add in editing time or whatever to, to make up for whatever's going on with the vocalist, you know, so they can stretch yeah. it out. They can stretch out the vocals for a longer period of time. So I, I know uh, we're running absolutely. up against time here, but sorry. How, no, that's fine. I, I think it's great. But how excited are you to finally be out on tour? Because you what, like a week and a half from now, maybe two weeks? Yeah, yeah, a little under two weeks, man. I'm I'm stoked, dude. I haven't played a show since the like late fall, early winter of 2019. So I am. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm ready for it, man. I I can't wait to get back out there and hang out with fans and you know meet new people and see old faces and and just get back out on the road and and do what i'm best at you know like it's it's been miserable not being able to get out and play shows for the past two years so now that we're finally right up against this you know beginning of this tour uh i'm just getting more and more excited as each day passes and it's a really good package too that's going to be a great tour yeah man if you're if you're a mellow death progressive metal fan like this is a Fucking, this is cream in the jeans, man. This is the one. <laughs> okay, well, who are the bands on the tour? It's uh, Omnium Gatherum, and then oh. uh, us as direct support, and then opening up the bill is uh, Black Crown Initiate. And that's a heavy oh, fuck band, too. Yeah, yeah, Black Crown fucking rules. Much fun will be had on this tour. And I will tell, oh, yeah. I will say that anybody listening to this show, whoever those three people are, we, we still do. <laughs> We still talk about the best show I think I've ever, ever seen, and I've seen so many, is the oh, yeah. little tiny lounge on the top of 70,000 tons where people were ripping the ceilings down, and you yeah. guys were just smoking the shit out of it. There is nothing better than that night. Yeah, I was, that's, to this day, one of the most fun sets I've ever played. It's like, you know, it, what's really cool, or the thing that I take away the most from that whole experience at 70,000 tons is that, like, when we play, right, like, we're, we're always just in one market, whether it's in New York or Chicago or, or 
you know, Milan or Barcelona, like, like wherever it is on the globe, we're still limited to the audience response of that single market. But with 70,000 tons, like you have people from all over the world coming to this one event. And so getting to experience like that level of fan interaction where it's just like people from all over the fucking place being at that show, like experiencing something that they like went out of pocket pretty deep to be there and experience. Like it was like their dedication was reflected so brilliantly in their crowd participation and, you know, being able to experience that, you know, like we did in the pyramid lounge in during 70,000 tons is like something that I, it's a, it's a memory I, I value very much because it's, it's, place a, it's a rare in. thing. Yeah. The yeah. Place was yeah really in, losing their <laughs> fucking mind. All, I, was like, all like I can think of is a man. stage all the way out of the room to the elevators. Like it was like, it was the whole, <laughs> the whole room. There was like not a single inch of unpacked space in there. I was just like, Holy shit. Yeah, it was it was fucking brilliant, man. I loved it. Well, I think it I think it filled up that much. Well, a lot of people were there to see you, obviously. But I think before that, you did a five a.m. set on the pool deck. I think somewhere around there. Am I correct in that thinking? Hello. Yes. Yeah. I, our our first set was at five a.m. on the pool deck, and it wasn't as uh, wasn't quite as packed. Uh, no, because but it re- was. 5 a.m. on the first I re- day. So. I remember, though, after that show, I woke up, and I was out, and everyone's like, holy fuck, you missed the best show on the pool deck, man. And it was like the buzz all over the boat was the fact that everyone missed that show. And that's why everyone went <laughs> to the Pyramid Lounge to see right. it. <laughs> I'm cool. going to let you go anyway. We're coming up on our next one, but I appreciate you taking the time, man. I always love chatting yeah. with you. No worries, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry for the connection issues. And uh, until next time, it's uh, it's always great talking to you. And uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you, my friend. Stay safe. Have a great time on tour. Absolutely, guys. I hope to see you. Be well. You too, man. Cheers. 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 Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.